everybody i am sean graham scott socially distancing as always hello scott as always sean i'm here yeah whoops knocking stuff yeah. over yeah no i just bumped my head on the uh on the mic no big deal <laughs> scott, we, I was actually, trying to... we actually saw each other today, today though i know it's been a long time yeah from a, a very socially distant uh, six or seven feet, whatever it was. We were on the opposite side of your car as we stood in the parking lot of the Ottawa Curling Club, Scott. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a bittersweet day. One of those days when you go to the club to clean out your locker after it's been sitting for the last four months. <laughs> yeah, regular occurrence happens every year. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It didn't smell too bad down there. I was expecting worse. Yeah, I was pretty impressed that the locker room was not super objectionable. It's always kind of objectionable, but wasn't super objectionable. And I found, too, I had to go to the front of the club, went in the back door. I had to go all the way to the front of the club. Really a, a very distinguished wood smell in there, mm-hmm. I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure they clean all the wood, you know, at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Do a deep that, clean, yeah, so, yeah. Get pine saw going. So, uh, no, but it was nice. Get some stuff out, be able to do a laundry uh, of, of the, the stuff that was in the locker. And I keep flip-flops in the club for the winter because uh, the, the club makes you take your shoes off. And I don't like walking around in my, my socks. So I just keep the flip-flops there. But in the summer, I do tend to wear them outside. And then I give them a scrub down before I take them into the club. So it was nice to get those out. Uh, wearing them right now, Scott, as I sit outside here in Ottawa. I had to flee my apartment because the internet broke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're making me think now, Sean. I forgot to pick up my sneakers that I leave there oh, gee, at the front door. Jeez, that's like the one reason I really wanted to go. Pick oh, man. Flip-flops. Yeah, damn. Mine was to get my shirt, but uh, oh, well. At least I'll know they'll be there in the fall <laughs> if, we, if we get in in the fall. And, Sean, being back at the Ottawa Curling Club. Yeah reminded us of an event that we took in at the Ottawa Club last year. Yeah, so last year in March, we had the opportunity to head over to the club during the 2019 Gay Nationals, which is a bond spiel that is run annually, and it shifts across the country to every city where there is a LGBTQ plus club. And uh, this year it was in Vancouver, uh, it just sort of rotates, and the time of year always corresponds with the local bond spiel in that city, if if they have one. I'm pretty sure they all have one. So Ottawa's spiel is always in March. So last year it was run in March in conjunction with the Over the Rainbow bond spiel, which happens every year at the Ottawa Curling Club. So yeah, we had the opportunity, Scott, to take it in. It was a pretty fun event. Yeah, it was super fun. I uh, went to take in some of the excellent curling uh, that takes place there. Uh, saw some friends from the club. I hung out for a bit. We saw Lisa Wiggle and Emma Miskew there, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, they came to support their friends. And, and uh, yeah, it was a good time overall. Stay- we stayed a lot longer than I thought we would. I mean, part of that was because you just couldn't move. Like, once you got into the club, 
it was hard to get out just because of the volume of people. Like we got there relatively early and yeah. it still wasn't that busy. But by the time like we were watching the end of a game and the club had sort of filled in behind us. So it was yeah. kind of hard to maneuver your way out. And, you know, in those times where you could get close to people. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember them. <laughs> yeah, so so it was a good time. So we thought that as we record this now on, on June the 30th, last day of Pride Month, we thought it'd be fun to revisit the 2019 Gay Nationals and just talk about the LGBTQ clubs across the country. And we called up a friend of ours, Daniel Ng, who participated in the Gay Nationals last year as part of one of the Ottawa teams. He's a guy, Scott, that I have played with. When I started at the Ottawa Curling Club, I was on the spares list for Thursdays. And he was skipping a team, and they asked me to play a couple times. And then when he left the team, they asked me to come in, take a spot. Not as a skip, of course, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I don't I certainly don't take it personally that, you know, when I was coming on board, he left. That's I'm sure those two things are unrelated, um, at least in my <laughs> head. So uh, so it was nice to talk to Daniel. But because, as I said, my Internet broke, I was unable to talk to him. But, uh, Scott, you had the chance to talk to him. Yeah. And if you can uh, sense some difficulties Sean's having now, it's because uh, he's on an unfamiliar Wi-Fi. But. Uh, yeah, I got the chance to talk to him, and uh, he had a lot of good things to say. So why don't we take a listen to that? All right, thanks a lot. Uh, we're here with Daniel Ng today uh, to talk about some of his experiences at, uh, at Gay Nationals 2019, which Sean and I were in attendance for. So uh, welcome, Daniel. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, as I mentioned, Sean and I went down to the Ottawa Curling Club, where the event was held last year, uh, just to check out uh, the, the scene, see what was going on, watch some good curling. Uh, why don't you tell me about your team and how you got involved with that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was the lead on uh, my team. Uh, we, were, we were Ottawa too. So Joey Taylor was um, the other Ottawa team. Um, they were the defending champions going in. Um, so my team, uh, my skip was Ryan Corso, and then we had uh, Scott Hindle at third and Jeremy Chef at second, and I was the lead. And um, we actually, we talked about going to the Nationals a couple of years ago, and we actually went to the Nationals in Calgary the year before. Um, we had a different third back then, but um, so it kind of started that way, and then we knew that it was going to come to Ottawa in last year. So we thought that we would give it another try after that. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, yeah, so it started like that. And obviously um, the one, because it was in Ottawa, we had a lot of teams from Ottawa who wanted to go to the Ottawa one. So it was actually a pretty long row for us to qualify for the Ottawa one. Um, I think we played like five games in the Ottawa qualifier just to qualify for it. Wow. Um, yeah, so that was uh, that was a uh, defendant itself um, back in January, and then we finally qualified as the uh, Ottawa Two, and uh, that's how it all got started. Oh, right on! And uh, so, how did you end up doing? Uh, we did pretty well, actually. We uh, came in sixth in the end. Um, I think, as you know, it was a double knockout to the page playoff. Yeah. Um, 
So we got knocked out, I think, pretty close to the page playoff. I think just one game before that, or one or two games before that. Um, but we, so we went into the uh, the consolation round, they called it, and we all the, went all the way to the final of the consolation. Um, but what was interesting was that we lost three games in in the event, but all three games we lost were to the same team. Oh, um, no so. <laughs> So uh, they obviously they obviously had our number and uh, we didn't know what to do with them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess it was just unlucky for us that we kept on running into the same team. Yeah, that's uh, uh, tends to be the way sometimes. Eh? I'm sure yeah. there's some pro teams we can talk about uh, about that. Just ask uh, Brendan Botcher about about oh, yeah. uh, their team running into some buzz saws. So uh, that sounds like you had a good time. Can you tell us when you got involved with curling and and sort of how you got involved in in the club? Yeah, um, I started curling when I was 13, I think. Um, it basically, I just watched it on TV, and then I thought, what a weird sport it was. But uh, <laughs> I, it got me interested. So um, I found, well, I actually talked to my teacher back then, and she found a curling club near our school. So I started that way, and hmm. I've been curling ever since. Um, and how I got involved with the Rainbow Club here was um, I moved to Ottawa in 2013. Um, and back then I was looking to curl, but I didn't really know anyone here. Um, yeah. and, I, and I found, just searching online, I found that there was a Rainbow League here. Um, and it kind of, it really piqued my interest because it, sometimes I feel like when you just go to a new city and you go join a new curling club and you don't know anyone there, it could be kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Um to jump right in, um, but knowing that there's kind of like a safe space for LGBT plus uh, folks here, it's uh, it kind of made that transition easier. Um, so I actually, the first year I joined a club and I met a bunch of people here, um, and that's how I actually got into the actual leagues in the Ottawa Curling Club the second year. That's a, oh, that's a great story. Uh, what... Uh, what sort of leagues had you played in before? Had you been part of a Rainbow League in the other uh, cities where you lived? No. Um, so I, I was from Markham originally, um, a mm-hmm. suburb in Toronto. Um, so I played my kind of my junior years there. Um, and then I went to uh, London, Ontario, and lived there for a few years for university. Um, there wasn't a Rainbow Cup there. Um, so I just joined in... Um, in the local clubs there, um, which was fun, um, but it's always in in the context of being you know being gay, it's always kind of have to tread lightly. I don't, I I never really like know if I should be full out open with with everyone or you know how how they would react. Mm-hmm. So coming to Ottawa and being able to find this Rainbow League, it was really it just helped with that, with that transition to New City and being able to finally kind of not care about what other people think. Right. Right. And uh, when you go to other clubs and play against other teams, uh, do you find that opening atmosphere is similar in other places that have rainbow leagues? Like when you mentioned uh, you went to Calgary for nationals, do you find that the same as, as what you found here in Ottawa? Oh, for sure. I think in general, the um, actually even even you know outside of the LGBT plus community, um, I think in general the current community is really friendly, um, and you can be 
I mean, everyone is really open. Um, I, you know, when I go to other cities and I play in other spills, um, it was never an issue whether being gay or not. Um, but when I went to Calgary, that was uh, that was a really fun experience because the one in Calgary, um, it wasn't just a curling bondsville. They um, they actually uh, the curling spiel is part of a bigger multi-sport event. They have they're called the Western Cup. Mm. Um, so you get to actually mingle with people from other sports as well, um, from across the country, from different LGBTQ leagues. Um, so that was that was a, a really fun experience. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Um, we talked a few weeks ago to uh, some some curlers from the U.S. about uh, their reactions when they went into a club being black curlers. Uh, mm. Do you, I, I'm sort of struggling with the question here, but uh, have you ever met any kind of that resistance within the community, curling community at large? Or has it always been pretty open for you? It's, like I said, I, I found the curling community in general been really friendly and really open. Um, I have to say, unfortunately, there were a few instances when I was younger where um, there were definitely some pretty offensive remarks uh, around the table regarding just the, the gay community in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a really small minority of what the community is i think i think in general everyone that i've met in in curling has been really open and really positive so 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 i would say yeah um i mean when i was younger i was i was more hesitant to be just um open about who i am and that i'm gay but i think now um walking into any club i wouldn't have any problem yeah yeah, well, that's uh, good to hear. I'm. Uh, I always think of the the Rainbow Leagues as a, a super important part of any club, especially a club that's in a city. Uh, you know, serving as a safe space for anybody who wants to come. And uh, I'm glad to hear that for you. Uh, getting back to the Nationals side of things, uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned you only lost to one team three times but yeah how was how was the overall level of competition uh in in gay nationals compared to say an average club league uh, uh open league or something um i think the the level at the national is pretty high um i say um you know in in the say like at the ottawa curling club i was saying it's at least you know uh in in the A side of pretty much every league. Um, I mean, I've only played in the Thursday men's league, but I would think that the level of play, it's definitely at the best end of it, if not even a little bit above that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So uh, it's pretty good level. Yeah. That's really good level. Have, have you had a chance to watch any of the cash league games and sort of compare that or just uh, Thursday is your experience? Really, Thursday is my experience. Um, I haven't been out to any cash game league, so I don't know firsthand the level. But I've heard that. I mean, I know I know the curlers that play in that league, so I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's the same. I, I probably like the teams that play in the nationals can probably compete in the cash league. I don't know if we would win regularly, but uh, 
again, it's some of the top for uh, the higher teams there, but uh, it, I think we could compete for sure. Oh, that's uh, that's good. That's uh, when I was there watching, it seemed pretty a pretty good level of curling. Like I would say above me. So uh, wh- whether that's saying anything or not to our audience, I'm not sure. <laughs> not I mean, sure. I mean, the a way to look at it is um, it's a regular occurrence that you know there are draws going right to the button. Um, there are double, triple takeouts, run backs being made regularly. So. Oh. That kind of that kind of speaks to the level itself, I think. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good. And so, what is the loss of that uh, competition, the Gay Nationals, this year? Uh, obviously, because of COVID, uh, what sort of an impact has that had on on you not being able to get out there and compete with people that you compete with, sort of every year? Um, it, it's sad, obviously, but um, I think the Gaijin Nationals actually happened in Vancouver back in January this year. So oh. I, they, yeah, so they did have a have a Gay Nationals this year. Um, but uh, in Ottawa, we obviously lost the uh, the our regular recreational Bondsville over the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people were pretty devastated that um, we weren't able to host it because. Um, it was supposed to be at the end of March, um, and right up until mid-March, you know, everyone was really excited about it, um, yeah. and it kind of just, you know, all of a sudden we weren't able to curl anymore. Um, and it's, like you said, it's it, it's it's like a gathering every year. It's like an annual gathering because um, we usually have 36 teams in the bonds bill, um, so a lot of people come together. Um, we have a good time. Um, and we use that opportunity to kind of see everyone that we haven't been able to see throughout the year. Because um, during the regular league, we have 40 teams this year. Um, wow. So five divisions. And uh, we have three draws. So a lot of times so we don't actually get to see everyone. So the Bonsu is kind of like a chance for us to actually get to see everyone. Um, so obviously it's a big loss this year that we, didn't, we couldn't do that. Yeah, I was thinking back to last year how it was in March in Ottawa and I forgot that in Vancouver uh, they have theirs a little bit earlier in the season I uh, I actually worked at the curling club in Vancouver and I remember uh, the weekend that the Rainbow Bond Spiel was on was one of the uh, biggest ones for the bar in terms of sales oh I I yeah I, I can imagine <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, that I was think we the, like to drink. <laughs> the only time that the bartender tipped me out for for helping her lug beer, so uh, <laughs> it was definitely good. Uh, last question for you, Daniel, is uh, let's say somebody like like me or one of our listeners wants to come out to the Bonspiel to watch. What sort of an atmosphere can they expect uh, when they go to the club? Uh, just. Overall, it's really fun. Uh, I mean, everyone is welcoming. Uh, you can go in and you can expect, you know, just people drinking, yelling, I don't know, having a good time. Um, it's always, I think, it's always pumping in that place, whether it's an eight o'clock draw in the morning or a 10 p.m. draw at night. Um, so, yeah, just go in, expect to have a good time. Um, no one bites in there, so you don't have to be scared to go in. Um and it's free, and there's always good curling going on. So, yeah, it's a fun time. I would encourage everyone to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'd echo those comments too. I had a great time. Uh, they were watching some curling last year. So, Daniel, we want to thank you very much uh, on behalf of myself and Sean, who uh, is having some tech problems today. So he he handed off the interview to me, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you had a good time being here and, and telling us all about uh, the Gay Nationals. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad I have the opportunity to share my experience with you too. So there you have it, Scott's conversation with Daniel Ng. And of course, we thank him for his time. Good job, Scott. Oh, thanks, man. I, I'm I'm not the interviewer on the team of the two of us, but uh, I must have learned a little bit from you over the years. I thought, I thought that was really good. Uh, and Daniel's a great guy. Uh, super fun to, uh, to play with him when I've had the opportunity. So definitely appreciate him taking the time to join us. Yeah. Now, Scott, let's go back to last year at the Ottawa Curling Club. Uh, we had the chance to talk to one of the organizers of the Spiel, and she had a lot of great things to talk about why the Spiel exists and, and why these clubs are important at curling clubs across the country. Because I remember you told me a story once, I think we included it on the show last year, where the question was asked when you, when you told someone you were going to the Spiel, Someone asked you, you know, why do they do that? Like, why is that necessary? And, and certainly the, there was a story on Sportsnet. The, the big read this week on Sunday was about John Epping. And mm -hmm. one of the through lines of that story was whenever he talks about his sexuality, people are always like, why do you have to talk about it? And I thought she had some really good things to say about why it's necessary for these spiels. Yeah, it was an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah, so uh, let's go back to March 2019, our discussion with one of the organizers of the 2019 Gay Nationals. Okay, now we're upstairs here. Uh, Natalie Lloyd joins us. Welcome. Thank you very much. You're the coordinator to the stars. I'll mix, there we we'll go, mix coordinator to the stars. I like yeah. that. There's a lot of stars in here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so for you, what is sort of this process like to put all this together? This has been a labor of two years worth of work. So last year while I was doing the normal rec uh, bond spill, coordinating that, we were also on the back end coordinating this because right now we're hosting Gay Nationals as well as a rec tournament called the Over the Rainbow Bonds Bill. So we started this two years ago, getting like venue set up for the, the banquet because all 172 curlers are going to be dining together in a few hours from now and getting that arranged yeah. and decor I, I, I'm and all I'm glad that. I'm not in the kitchen for that. Oh, like me that. too. Me too. Yeah. 172 top. Yeah. It doesn't sound pleasant. To no, it doesn't. Together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a lot of fussy eaters, hopefully, <laughs> not too many. <laughs> so, so you say like it's been a couple of years, but so so the the national event yep. goes around. It goes around. So, so every nine years, well, every eight years we get it. Now there's been two more cities added to uh, gay curling, so we'll get it every ten years now. So right. the next time we have this will be 2029. Okay, so it's not like a bid. It's just an automatic. It's it an automatic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and so for the. So the logistics then, this combined with the other, like how much more work is it? Well, to we put have on to get two? more sponsorship. That's the main mm -hmm. thing is we need the money because unfortunately, Gay Curling doesn't have a bank of money to say, okay, you're hosting nationals. Here's $5,000 to help you out to get started. So we had to look at securing some more sponsors for this year uh, at a higher level than our normal uh, rec tournament. Uh, and then the banquet itself is, because normally we have it here during a regular bond spiel, and then we just do two 
sittings, but for this, everybody's the curling stops, and we all go and we have a big meal together. So we're actually going to the Ottawa Police Association and yeah. and having uh, our banquet over there. Um, so the the main thing is also getting the ice, getting the schedule, because you're not coordinating one bond spill, you're coordinating two bond spills at the same time. And they're two different systems. Uh, the Nationals is a double knockout, but now because there is there used to only be 16 cities, well, eight cities, so everybody got two seats. Now we have more than that. Um, we have 10 cities, so people have to rank in a certain level to secure their two spots for next year. If they're too low down, they only get one seat. So um, we had to develop a way this year to uh, rank everybody from 1 to 16. Right. So we're the first group to have to do that. So we've set up a system, and we'll pass it on to Vancouver, who's hosting it next year, to help them out. And, so that uh, means even more games and, like, more yeah, time so you need, what, more sheets. And, and what's nice is, like, last year you could be on the national team. You're out there for Thursday, and you're out on Friday. Right. And there's still it's four it's a four day bond spill. Yeah. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, especially if you're flying right? across the country. Exactly, yeah. you know, and spending hundreds of dollars, if not close to a thousand dollars for travel, food, accommodation sure. and everything. Uh, and a lot of these teams that are here, they don't have like sponsorship from their leagues or that or their league might just cover their entry free. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's it. The rest of their travel and everything is up to them. So there's a lot of committed curlers who are here and, and also it's the vibe, right? It's like you're getting to come to gay curling and everybody here we get the corny little jokes and inappropriate comments that we make on the ice and off sure. the ice and sure. everybody gets to be who they are like if they want to go up and hug their partner or hug embrace each other and hug nobody's like what's with those two men hugging it's like, well, there are two men hugging and they're looking like they're having a great time <laughs> so yeah so we, we've talked to a couple of people about that community vibe yeah. of it. Um, so it seems like with the elite, like sort of the national level, yeah. it's a lot of the, the same guys and girls come back a lot and there's yep. a community there, yep. but at the, the local sort of that grassroots level, what, what does it mean sort of the annual spiel for the annual come, spiel yeah. for the rec spiel is it also gets people the chance to really, uh, test out their curling legs, so to speak, and build their skills Yeah. because you're guaranteed on the rec side four games, which is a lot yeah. for a spiel. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's if you get knocked out right in your first qualifier. Right. If not, you could be playing up to seven, eight games. Right. Right? Which, like, I would not be prepared for. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if I would be prepared <laughs> for that. <laughs> and um, so if you're a beginner curler, bond spiels are the best way to really enhance your skills because it's not now once a week. And over these four days, you're hitting the ice, you're playing, you're getting to this like, oh, I couldn't get my draw weight. And that's okay, you're back on in a few hours so you can right. figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have to deal with and figure out how to deal with the sore muscles and play through all that. And, yeah. Um, Notice a lot of stretching A lot of stretching is happening. Yeah. yeah, the hardest thing to do, I've, I've tried to secure, I managed to do it for two years to have a, a massage therapist here. Ah. But very difficult to do. Uh, unfortunately yeah. uh, hopefully next year I'll have some luck at, at doing that but it just kind of fell to the wayside with everything else that you have to get organized right. Right. Yeah. And, and how would you situate the caliber of play obviously sort of the over the rainbow as you mentioned a rec league our rec league but still a lot of good competition happening at that rec league a lot of intermediate and a few competitive teams uh, looking at the pools that we have this year I would say there's maybe only a few true novice teams here 
and the rest of them, they're not quite ready for nationals, but they're still good competitors on the ice. And what about the national level? What, what, what national level, level you're, you're seeing some more difficult shots. You're seeing some excellent skills of uh, in the strategy of the game itself. Um, there's a lot of great curling happening, you know, and then you have some teams that you know are going to be difficult team. We, uh, Saskatoon, they're a new league, but they've come out in their first year uh, in nationals and they show like, hey, they're here to play. Right. Uh, they're they're ready, you know. They're, they they well, might. I mean, it be... doesn't hurt. They have a Briar player on the exactly. On it doesn't the it doesn't yeah. hurt at all. No. You know, Ottawa. Uh, we have uh, Taylor was defending the title, yeah. right? Unfortunately, he got uh, bumped down, and that just shows the caliber. It, so, nobody's going to come in here, and it's nobody saying, oh, that city's going to walk away with it. Yeah. Right. And that's the nice thing about nationals, right? Because yeah. it sucks to go somewhere and you know who's going to get get it right away. <laughs> Where here we have some fantastic competition happening. You have some shakeups that happen, and you're kind of going like, "Wow!" Like there's a lot of uh, some of our time delays that have happened over the weekend is um, ties at nationals. You can't have a tie. Sure. They have to go an extra end. Yeah. Right. So we're, we've had quite a few nine end games happen. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's impressive. It's real tight competition. Real tight competition. Yeah, which when you're playing that many games is the last thing you want is to play. <laughs> and the ice, uh, the ice has been a little bit challenging for some of the players because it's... Uh, has a lot of swing to it. There's a lot of curl. Yes. And that makes it interesting because then something that's buried all of a sudden is no longer untouchable because right. if you figured out the curl on the ice, you could get to that buried stone. Yeah. And, and I do know, like, as a member here, that they yeah. did do the, the rocks. Yeah. Before, Just a few weeks ago. Which which really screwed everybody up. Like I liked like it, the actually. The shooting percentage, yeah. the first game back went yeah. way down yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Um, so just in general, for, for you, you know, how, how do you gauge this event in terms of a success? Like, it's like for you, it's what been fantastic. Yeah. Um, and that's all of the legwork from the committee. It's not just myself. I don't put this together alone. Uh, I have a group who meets. We start meeting in October, and we meet right through. We'll have a, a wrap-up meeting after this. There's seven people on that committee. Uh, there's over 20 some on volunteers who are here this weekend who are helping out. Uh, two members stepped up and said, hey, we would like to have some different entertainment options for this bonds bill. I said, fantastic. I don't know the entertainment. They organized all of the entertainment for the Thursday night, Friday night, uh, helped with getting the DJ for tonight, and then they have an after uh, for Sunday for those people who are still around, wow. uh, get together and, and, and continue the celebration. Um, the the banquet itself, which is a huge piece of work, and I recommend it to the other cities who are hosting next year or hosting soon, get a group who will just take care of your banquet. Mm. It's like I've had four volunteers, one who's leading it, completely dedicated to that, and they just give me updates. Right. You know? That's so key, I'm not right? involved in it. Yeah. Right? It's like I'm not in there mucking my fingers and it saying, well, no, I want it this way, I want it that way. You cannot be the coordinator and be a control freak sure you know i i i'm going to control the things that i can and the rest of it i'm just going to trust it the other thing is we've been doing this for years now i've i'm the coordinator for this bond spiel for this is my fifth year maybe sixth i think it's for sure my fifth and um there's certain things I just know now. It's like, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. You know, like I have a, I have a, a member of the league who donates all the chips for us. Oh, and it's like, so yeah. there, there's all my chips to, for after the games yeah. that go out on the table. 
right? Uh, it's like so. It's all these little things that add up, but they all come together, and it just works beautifully. Yeah, and so far so good. So I mean, far so you know, good. Like people are happy. Fingers the, crossed. And yeah, it's like the ice play has been good, and the like just the the way people are get, gathering and communicating and having fun. So there you have it. Uh, that's Natalie, one of the organizers, and certainly our thanks to her for that conversation. A great insight, Scott, I thought, into what, uh, what's going on as the birds fly by me there. Uh, what's going on with a lot of these spiels uh, across the country? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a really good convo, and a lot of thanks to her as one of the organizers of the, the bond spiel here in Ottawa. It's a lot of work to put on a bond spiel, uh, we all know, yeah. but uh, they do a great one. job. Yeah, like where you have, because as I said earlier, the regular spiel runs in conjunction with the nationals and that spiel mm -hmm. in particular scott it has the big banquet on the saturday night that takes place off site so you lose saturday night in terms of scheduling of the games and you have to book a place that has enough room for all the curlers from out of town uh, then the local curlers you have to think about you know hotel blocks and all sorts of stuff that on a normal weekend spiel, you might not have to worry about, but the logistics of that one are, are pretty insane. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think uh, that very fact attests to the uh, success of the bond spiel, right? They're like the curling club is pretty big and there's not enough space for everybody to come in. So yeah. uh, that's why they have to take it off site. So uh, yeah, really, uh, really great job by the organizing committee. Yes. And as you say, the success of the spiel, it uh, runs every year and you know, here in Ottawa, obviously the league, the Rainbow League that runs on Sunday afternoons, huge, huge league. It runs, I think, four draws now. It's gotten so big they have to run a bunch of Saturday nights as well. Just a, just a huge league, which has led to a lot of really good curlers, including a former champion of the Nationals, uh, Joey Taylor, who you might have seen if you follow any of the Team Holman players or the Team Holman account itself. Joey is a frequent contributor or at least referenced a lot he's uh, uh close to a lot of the players uh and they're all they're all friends so you might have known him from that but a national champion curler on his own and we had the opportunity to talk to him as he attempted to defend his title so we're here with joey taylor defending champion at the nationals how are you i'm good how are you i'm doing well so you won last year and it's your second time winning yes right? so what what does winning this event entail like like in terms of caliber for a club level curler like us and a lot of the listeners like where would you rate it um i'd say it's the competition's pretty good it's gone we won first time in 2011 um i think the competition has gone a lot better as the leagues have kind of matured and the players have have kind of put more effort into the nationals so it's grown a lot as an event so the caliber has grown as well so um where it would fit i would say probably a good um a good competitive league like a league like a week league yeah, like a cash league like a cash league a yeah, exactly league, yeah. yeah so like maybe maybe like that what's that one out in is it in edmonton at the, at the savile center? center like the crazy good club like, like that league that people talk about like the super league <laughs> the super edmonton? league so maybe yeah. so maybe not that one and and the ottawa also has a strong cash league on wednesday so maybe maybe more like the thursday men's league if you're going to compare to those than the okay. cash okay. but and then but what's the difference because i know the team you're playing with now isn't the team you normally play within the the rainbow league here so so how do you go about putting together a team for it so we're Rainbow League here, um, so a lot of the, mem the member cities, this is their full-time team that they play with. Um, the Rainbow League is a bit more social and a bit more fun, so I think this team would be too competitive for that. So it's not the kind of the, the, 
like the mandate or the the role of the league is to have that is just to gain like more curlers in. So um, so we go about we play at a few bond spiels around the area. So there's bond, there's gay bond spiels in Toronto that we try to go to, and then we'll try to get a few games in on our cash league right. um, to prepare for the event. And for you guys, like obviously this year this is your home club, so you know it, it, it's easy. Like. But when it's out in Vancouver, or where was it last year that you won? In Calgary. In Calgary. So like there, there's expense in that, and yeah. there's investment. So, you know, how, how do you go about trying to put that together and, and arrange it? So we kind of know the schedule in advance. Um, so then we kind of plan for it in advance. So we try to get flights early, try to get the hotels. Um, early, so that kind of helps with the cost saving. Mm-hmm. Um, our league actually, um, if you qualify, pays your entry fee, which is about $500. So that also helps um, a lot. Um, so yeah, but the the rest is kind of up to us. We don't have any sponsors or anything. It's not that kind of level of curling. So we just yeah try to prepare in advance and plan the best we can. Mm-hmm. What kind of player are you? I know we we Scott and I we've played against you before, so we have an idea. But we sort of where, where do you think your strength is as a player? Like what's your strategy and approach? For like in curling, just in general. Um, so I think I'm a better hitter than a drawer, but um, with the five rock rule, I've kind of had to practice more in that kind of soft game, um, and especially in in this. So this is probably the event that we play that's the most competitive. Um, we also play in the in the challenge in Gatineau, which is another big event um, as a warm up. Um, so those teams, you can't just hit your way out of things. You have to play a bit more finesse shots. So we've something we've kind of practiced and got better as as the years gone on. Yeah, that challenge in Gatineau. There's good teams in that. Quite yes. a, quite a good spiel that yes. that spiel. Eh? So that's yeah. pretty good tune up for uh, you compared to most other teams. Mm-hmm. Do you think other teams are doing the same kind of preparation as you are or is it more they're coming from their local league? to this event for fun? I uh, know some teams actually take it very seriously. I, um, I know the Manitoba team here from Winnipeg actually went to the, made it to provincials, men's provincials at Hankard. Um, so some of them take it very, very seriously, even more than us. Yeah, but with all due respect to them, like 800 teams make it to the Manitoba <laughs> Tankard. Like I, I feel like I could make it to the Manitoba <laughs> Tankard. There's so many teams in that thing. Yeah. Um, and, and just and just broadly, I mean, so what is the community here? Like it, it seems like a lot of people come year after year and, and people know each other from across the country. Like yeah. so what is the community vibe? So it's a really good vibe, especially if it's grown over the years. Um, so it's a lot of familiar faces that you see year to year. And, and that's basically the most part of it, the best part of it, seeing your friends from across the country that you don't usually see. Um, you see them w- once a year at nationals usually because everyone comes together because it, it brings everyone together. So, um, yeah. And, and does, do you think it, it, it resonates outside of the event itself like so you have these leagues across the country I know there's two new entries within the last couple of years two new cities yeah which were what was it St. John's St. And, John's and Saskatoon and Saskatoon um, so two new entries so so these sorts of leagues are growing do, do, does it have a larger resonance just in general you know with just the larger movement for you know obviously same-sex marriage legal here for a while but still there's sort of issues with just general acceptance and people being, you know, not jerks. Yeah. In light, like, do, do these sorts of things help? Do you think? I think so. I think it's important to have more diversity in the sport in any way that you can. Um, and of course, the, the gay curling has grown from a lot of member cities to now include Saskatchewan, St. John, or Saskatoon, St. John's. Um, New Brunswick is, is, I think, Moncton is trying to open one, okay. and now there's one in the states. Um, so it's mm-hmm. kind of like grassroots. It's really grown a bit broader. Right. Yeah, the glitter spiel, the glitter, the glitter bomb spiel yes. in yes. DC, which I gotta say, the, the photos from that were crazy um, and it looks like a lot of fun sure does. I have to say um, so overall so when, when you play in this though like what is your expectation you mentioned there's a good community but you're also the defending champion mm-hmm. like when, when you come in is it sort of we see what happens we have fun or do you have like a 
sort of I, I want to win. Yeah. Mentality. So this is our this is our briar essentially, right? So we're we're here to win, obviously. Um, we put a lot of time and practice in it um, for this event. There's lots of bond spiels across the member leagues across the the year that we go to. So those are more for fun and social. This one, although it's fun and social, we, we're after. Everyone's here to win if you're playing Nationals. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks, Joey. Thank you. So our thanks to Joey Taylor, and we should update Scott that uh, this year out in Vancouver, they lost the final to one of the host teams out in Vancouver, but a solid performance from Team Taylor getting to another national final. Nothing to sneeze at there. No, no, for sure. And we should give a shout out to the champions for 2020, as you mentioned, from Vancouver, uh, Steven Schneider and his rink. Yes, uh, from all accounts, a very nip and tuck game there in the final. So it uh, could have gone either way. Yeah, well, uh, I- I'll get the full story from Lee one day next yeah. time we see him. Yeah, I had the <laughs> opportunity to bump into Lee. Uh, Lee Mantha plays third on that team, but calls the game. Uh, bumped into him uh, around the city last week and got a uh, detailed account of what happened. So uh, <laughs> next time you see him, Scott, you, you can get the full rundown of that game. So that'll do it for this week. I just wanted to make one quick point uh, or one quick news update that the World Curling Federation did announce the 2020 Europeans in Lillehammer and that they will take place with fans. With fans. Wow. Yeah, so that's a piece of information uh, for November. I'm sure that is more of a hopeful announcement in terms of the fans than uh, specific will happen. But uh, just a bit of an update there, as the World Curling Federation certainly has to run these events for Olympic qualification because the Europeans qualifies you for the Worlds and the Worlds qualifies you for the Olympics. So there's a straight line there. Yeah, there is a straight line between those two. And uh, Sean, I might... Be in that part of the world in November uh, if all things go well. So maybe I'll see if I can swing on by. There you go, buddy. Get you a media pass. Get you in there. Get talking to Hasselberg and Muirhead and Tiranzoni. All the greats. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, let's just name all the teams who are going to be in the field. (laughs) Um, uh, So just wanted to give that little piece of update, but that will do it for this week. Uh, If you're listening to this on the day we're dropping it, uh, happy Canada Day, everybody. I hope you're all celebrating and enjoying in a uh, responsible and safe manner. Yeah, yeah. We we wanted to make sure to wrap up Pride Month as well with uh, a little bit of content related to that we didn't want it to go by without us acknowledging uh really because we we were thinking about it uh the whole month yeah absolutely so uh well said scott's uh, and to everybody south of the border have a great fourth of july weekend same thing uh you know revel have fun but do so in a safe manner uh certainly not just related to the coronavirus but you know drinking and driving and all the normal things that uh, go along with big parties. Uh, Just do so responsibly, be safe, and everybody can have a wonderful 4th of July down south of the border. And for those of you in Europe, have a great weekend. (laughs) Yeah, wear a mask, everyone. Yeah, so so that'll do it for this week. We'll be back with you next week for another new episode. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, all the other places where you get your shows. Uh, Give us the likes, ratings, comments, helps other people find the show. 
and keeps us going. You can follow along on social media as well at Game of Stones Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Scott's there at Scott Likes TV, and I am at the Sean Graham. And of course, join us on Facebook on Mondays for our chats with the guys from Rocks Across the Pond. This week we talked about sports video games, and there was a baby on the show. Yeah, we had a, a celebrity sighting. Yeah, it was very exciting. So uh, all those videos, since we moved to Facebook, are available on the Facebook page. So just go to Facebook and Game of Stones podcast. You can also find the roundtable that we did with Aria Moore and Portia Stevenson and Jason Chang about diversity and curling. The video of that is also available on the Facebook page. So do check it all out. And, of course, if you have any ideas for future episodes or any just feedback in general, you can get in touch. Game of Stones podcast at gmail.com so scott happy canada day and to you sean and to everyone out there we'll be back with you next week but until then keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern make the final